0: 919- 8727000. Now, here are Doug, Linda, and Debra. Investments offered through SFA Inc, investment advice through Lewis Financial
1: Management. SFA Inc and Lewis Financial Management are not related entities. And we are the Lewis family, ready to answer your questions tonight.
2: This is Linda Lewis, and thank you for joining us on Money Matters on News Radio six eighty WPTF.
1: And I'm Doug Lewis, certified financial planner.
3: And I'm Deborah Lewis, certified financial planner. And we're here to answer your questions for the
2: next hour. You know, Doug and Deborah, I think uh, it's it's so important as people are are facing various stages of life to get a comfort about what are the issues in your world that you've been concerned about, but haven't really, um, you know, you just really haven't uh, had a chance to go over these issues with an advisor, or maybe you want a second opinion about where your uh, investments are or where your scenario is. And maybe you have questions about your retirement plan and whether it's in the right vehicles within your uh company-sponsored retirement plan. There are a lot of folks also that we've met with recently that still haven't addressed their estate planning. So whatever your questions are, whatever your issues are, we are here to help you. Call us at Lewis Financial Management. We'll be happy to get your questions and your issues and set up an appointment for you. And you can visit our website at dougandlinda.com.
1: That's right. Dougandlinda.com. There you uh, you can see videos of the three of us talking about the history of financial planning and practicing some financial planning strategies. You can listen to old radio programs of ours and get a lot of more information. Not only so, if you come in to see us this coming week for the first appointment, we will give you a free book. One of three different books, either the book called Your Money Matters, because I'm sorry, let's do it the other way. Let's do the first book would be The Wealthy Barber. And the second book would be Middle Class Millionaire. And I think the third book we'll give away this week would be Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth. So that's for for an appointment. And of course, the numbers at the office for an appointment, a consultation are, as Deborah said, as Linda said, 919 872 Well, Linda, you probably talked to
3: and have talked to the most people um, who have used Lewis Financial Management for their financial planning. What would you say are some of the fundamentals of saving and investing for retirement
2: if we begin that as our topic tonight? Well, it's important to see that knowledge is power. And did you know that Only 17 states require high school students to take a class in personal finance. Isn't that shocking? (laughs) That really is. And it's funny because anyone who uh, is in the world of, of teaching or educating, they are all saying the same thing. There needs to be more classes. And it's understandable that many investors start their careers without a clear strategy for their retirement plan. But, you know, it's never too late to learn these Financial Fundamentals. Well,
1: good. I really enjoyed the fact that so many that have come to see us through the years have sat in our office and they just honestly admit that no one ever taught them the basics. I have had CPAs sitting in my office telling me the same thing. They really don't know. I've had business professors sitting in my office and attorneys. And so you don't need to be ashamed that you don't know you just need to be willing and eager to learn because the fundamentals are there and i would say the first thing that you need to learn is that you should use your time wisely time time is crucial enrolling in your company's finance in your company's retirement plan was your maybe your first step in the right direction but the more years you save the more you benefit from the power of compounding As you earn returns on the money you invested, those earnings are reinvested with the potential to grow even more. This will have a bigger impact the longer that you're invested.
3: You know, the market will move up and down, and it's natural to feel some anxiety during declines. We at Lewis Financial Management, we can help you resist that urge to drop out of the market, for that would only lock in any losses if you were to drop out. Call me, Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner at Lewis Financial Management, 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. Now, staying invested will put you in the position to benefit from an eventual upswing. So if you have years, if you're using that time wisely, we have seen through many, many different resource sources that research all from will show often that the longer you stay invested, the more likely you are to come out ahead.
1: And we can help you choose the right investments in your retirement plan. So call us this week at Lewis Financial Management. Call us at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000.
2: Now, a second fundamental is to remember that it's important to save as much as you can. Consider saving as a monthly expense, just as you wouldn't miss paying a bill. Try not to skip contributing to your retirement plan. So if your company offers uh, a, a plan where you can match your contributions, that's motivation to put aside enough to qualify for the maximum match. And a matching contribution is like getting a bonus for investing in your plan. One of the things that we do in our practice is when we're looking at cash flow, then we can decide how much can you save and how much should you consider changing in your contributions in small increments each year. So if you receive an annual raise, for example, a portion of it could be used to pump up your savings and even a small increase could make a meaningful difference over decades.
3: So a third thing that you should do is diversify your portfolio. So now if you're using time wisely, you're saving as much as you can, you really need to diversify once this starts accumulating. Your employer's retirement plan includes a variety of funds from which you can choose. And each of those is going to have its own objective and risk. Holding a range of investments can help soften the highs and the lows of market fluctuations. So you need to know what to invest in.
1: You know, Deborah, I can't tell you how many people have sat in our office and I asked them, why do you have this in your 401k plan? And they have no idea. They just let it happen. It's a default. Yeah, uh, that is so true. Yeah, I mean, uh, you need to so diversify. Guess, That's know, right. We
3: really need to focus that, that just a little bit stronger. Many people don't know that certified financial planners are being most Most of our time is spent on giving advice. Right. So it's not about money management. No. So if you come in as a young person or middle-aged person or someone who's getting ready to retire, and all you've accumulated in your retirement plan is something that you don't understand or you don't know what you're in, that's what many people come in and say, I don't really know where I'm supposed to be invested or what I'm invested in.
1: And can you imagine what it looks like to see a person that I look, that I see his 401k plan, and he's 35 years old, and I see he's got an index fund, and he has a short-term bond fund, and he has a longer-term bond fund. I say, what is all this? I mean, this is nowhere near. Right, you're
3: 35. Call me, Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner at Lewis Financial Management, 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. Hi, Mark. This is Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Hey, good evening. How are y'all? Doing well. What's your question tonight? Um,
4: so I've got a question about uh, a topic that you guys have discussed frequently because I've been a listener for a while.
3: Well, thank is- you.
4: Uh, My pleasure. Well, um, which is basically non or post-tax investment. Okay. So uh, one of the things I realized through listening to y'all is that I am woefully overfunded in my pre-tax, but woefully underfunded in my post-tax. I'm trying to correct that process. My question is this. um, I actually have My investment account and my trading account at Fidelity, and I'm very happy with Fidelity, uh, with that fee structure and what have you. Um, Is it advisable that while I'm trying to build up a cash balance in order to have an investment portfolio post-tax, are you comfortable with me just doing that, let's say, in the same family, like Fidelity, as opposed to some other brokerage house or investment house?
1: Well, tell us a little bit about yourself first, Mark. How old are you? 51. You're 51, married or single? Married, two kids. Married, two kids. Uh, one income. Are you? Uh, is your wife working? Yeah, but she's just uh, she's making like ten thousand a year as okay. uh, part time retail. All right. So what's your income, Mark? About uh, one hundred and thirty. One hundred and thirty thousand. Now you've got a four hundred and one k plan, and your family income is maybe $140,000 at the most. How much is in the four hundred and one k right now? You, so my current employer, you mean, or, or total? Overall? All right, I'll take both of them. Take them individually. So at my current employer is about 75. All right, 75,000, your current employer, and you had a previous employer that you ha- still have a 401k? Well, I have, I've I rolled that all into a self-directed IRA. Very good. And what do you have in there in the rollover IRA? Just over 400. All right, so you've got 400,000. In the pre tax, hang on one second. Uh, This is the IRA and this is the 401k. So, altogether, 475. Now, you're exactly right. Uh, This can be, as time goes, and oh, how much time before you want to retire?
4: Well, um, I'm playing the lottery aggressively, so hopefully I retire. No, I
3: would
4: say a fair statement
1: would probably be 67. Okay. All right. So now, and then,
3: how much is in you? You said woefully underbalanced. So I'm guessing it's going to be small. But what is in the brokerage account or the after-tax investment account?
4: Oh, I would say it's probably only like twenty-four, twenty-five. And I actually have two other in retirement income streams that are from former employers. That'll be two pensions. That'll be uh, the total between the two would be approximately five hundred dollars a month.
1: Okay. That I'll receive when I retire. Okay. All right. So to answer your question, uh, first of all, you're exactly right. We have warned people on the air for a number of years that the two accounts should be balanced. So if you have 475 in pre-tax investments, you should have 475 or more in after-tax investments. And we like it the more you have after because at retirement, that's when it really bites you. That's when the tax really hits hard. So you're exactly right. Your question is, is it wrong to start building it on uh, in one fund family like Fidelity? Is that what your question is?
3: If you'd like further information, call us at 919-872-7000 or go to our website, DougAndLinda.com. That's DougAndLinda.com. Yeah, I mean, so
4: right now, I mean, I'm not at the point. I mean, I'm somewhat um, literate when it comes to investing. And so um, right now, I don't feel I have a, a dollar amount that's enough uh, to invest. But I'm putting, trying to put like $350 a month away post-tax into this money, and I'm trying to build it up to the point where I can start investing small in some index funds, what have you. All right, so and let's... Go ahead, I'm
3: sorry. Yeah, let me let me take the answer to that question. So so while we don't like to mention fun families or or specifics because we're giving general advice. Do you have a pen handy? Sure. 198727000. Mm-hmm. Correct because it, let's talk offline, but the answer to that question is this. Yes, that's not a problem or a deal breaker, and it's often in your best interest to keep things in one fund family uh, for maybe many more reasons than just um, it's easy or I like their 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 schedule. There might be a lot of choices that you can go in between having a lot of funds of the kind of fund families that are out there. That's one of the larger ones.
1: Yeah, I want to comment, though, on something you said a few minutes ago. Uh, you said you're thinking of putting money into an index fund. Well, why would you choose an index fund, which an, an index fund is the highest risk fund there is?
4: Well, I think, what, well, the way I was looking at it, Doug, again, I'm not just going to limit myself to one particular segment or sector, but I recognize that at, this, at the age where I'm at, that I'm underfunded on this part of my retirement portfolio, and I'm comfortable... Was a little bit more of a risk than maybe the average person, and since I and since I pay attention, you know, on a weekly basis to my portfolios, my investments that I have, because um, I have some software and stuff, and I've just been doing it for a while. In a former life, I used to do something similar to this as a stockbroker when I was very
1: early on. Um, well, let me, want- let me let me let uh, me let me cut to the chase here. I don't think if I told Warren Buffett he should invest his money in an index fund, uh, he would laugh at me because he would say that's not the way you invest. You invest your money with managers who uh, can show you what are their styles and how they have beaten the index. As a matter of fact, uh, that's the only way that we recommend any investments. We look for managers and funds who have beat the index. Well,
4: uh, and and that was a a broad comment on my part, because technically right now, for my own, not my my self-directed IRA, I basically have created my own mutual fund for a series of individual investments based on my knowledge
1: of these segments of the uh, investing economy. All right. Well, I think I I think then what your next move is. You should call the office. You have our number nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand. You should do that. You should spend a few dollars to meet with us. Meet with us for a consultation. You will find it's the best dollars you've ever spent because we will be right right with you. Exactly. You specific- Especially if
3: you're a self like like you just dis- described yourself. Um, many people come in, love the advice. It's objective and professional. And then. you... You go and and implement uh, at your own w- with what it, from it what you want. Right,
1: we may look at your IRA and say this is all wrong. Why do you have this? Why do you have that? Well, we may say you've done a great job, but I think it'd be worth your while to go ahead and schedule an appointment for a consultation. Because uh, you've got would,
3: sixteen powerful years ahead of you. If that's you the power. Retire of, that's, 67, the, that's the power of or compounding. At sixty-seven, yeah, yeah.
1: and I also want to be a millionaire by sixty-five. So. <laughs> Good. Well. Who knows? We may find out you can make it at 55. We'll find yeah, out. Yeah, we're
3: rooting for you, <laughs> Mark. If you can do that, you're worth 20000 Well, yeah, we'll only know.
2: 919-872-7000. And, you know, Mark, p- part of it also is as a household, it's, you know, it's always comfortable to have both spouses in the room because your wife may have some questions that she wants to ask. And oh, yeah. one of you is probably the more savvy of the two in, in the financial world. So, um, you know, she's taking the ki- care of the kids and working part-time and wearing different hats. And, of course, you've done a great job of accumulating, but sometimes it's good to have a second opinion about where things are and where we want to be in planning for retirement down the road. So thank you so much for calling, and we hope you have a great week.
4: Love the show. Thank you, guys.
2: All right, thanks. Thanks, Take Mark. Take care. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewises on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Deborah Lewis,
3: certified financial planner at Lewis Financial Management. Our number at the office is 919 872 7000. Call me at 919 872 7000. Well, Doug, Linda, you know. It is this conversation of where do I invest my money in my 401k, outside my 401k, and the balance of the two that is probably uh, the where we spend most of our time in, in preparing for the radio show because it's the broadest topic. And this week, one of our favorite writers in the Wall Street Journal, Jason Zweig, had an interesting article about how 401k companies have convinced employers to set them up on a default mechanism.
1: Yeah, it's all based on the research done by Richard Thaler, who teaches at the University of Chicago School of Business. So he's been in the press a lot. But this matter of default, which is normally a bad word in finance, you know, that's what caused the 401ks to be so uh, so popular. Now, you know, if you ever thought about missing uh, payment on a bond. Uh, That's that, the bad version of default. That would be a bad word of be- <laughs> default. But another sort of default can be good for retirement savers. And this was inspired by the research from Richard Thaler, the economist at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business. And companies now, because of him, can automatically enroll employees into their 401k retirement plan.
3: Yeah, that way workers are participating by default rather than having to set, sign up to save. And what Professor Thaler was um, studying was in regard to these studies. And these studies are, well, what is our behavior as investors?
1: Yeah, defaults can wield huge influence over human behavior. That's what he, of course, that's, that's what he posited and that's correct. Now, if you default new workers into a retirement account, meaning they're automatically enrolled to save unless they choose to opt out. Then, then what they happens? They found out more than 90% participate. That's that's great. Yeah. Even though they're free to choose not to. Hmm. But if you default them out, so they must make a deliberate choice. In other words, if the default is you're not going to participate, but you, of course, choose to participate, then they found out that only about 50% of the employees participated.
3: And that's what we have found through the years of our experience is that, you know, some people just accidentally became a, a middle-class millionaire because their employer chose to put in 3 or 6% into the 401k plan. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Call to make an appointment with Deborah Lewis, certified financial planner of Lewis Financial Management. Call 919-872-7000 or visit our website DougAndLinda.com.
1: but herein lies the uh, the real problem okay okay many employers set the initial contribution rate when they have this default at 3% hmm. of their pay of the employee's pay okay it sounds and, reasonable well okay but because the inertia is one of the most powerful forces in financial physics Workers who are defaulted into saving 3% are inclined to do nothing and just leave their contribution right there at 3%.
3: Oh, not
1: increase it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. When but, they should. Right, but, hmm. the, but the programs that had active or had a default of zero and you had to choose, those who made an active choice, they tended to think through the problem of how much they can afford to save from scratch, they may also be more motivated by receiving the maximum matching contribution from the company which often applies on the first 6% that employees set aside. So when you think about it and do the math, the difference in saving 6% for example versus 6.2% to 6.5%, it might sound trivial, but it isn't. If you stretch that over the decades, it can add up to tens of thousands of dollars. Right. As much as an 8% increase in total retirement savings. Now, many Americans aren't saving nearly enough and often don't even realize it. So getting people to save 6.2% instead of 6% isn't going to solve the under-saving crisis by itself.
3: But, you know, we shouldn't let the the perfect scenario be the enemy of the good scenario or even the better scenario,
1: because really, every little bit counts. You know, and when we meet with clients in our office, as you know, Deborah, what we do is, first of all, we look at the retirement plan, and mm-hmm. if there's a match, we right. make sure that you are contributing up to the match. Right, why but, give up free money? Why give up free money that your employer is giving you? But then we usually tell people, put a stop right there at the match. Mm-hmm. Don't stop investing, but move it over to like the after-tax portion, which is what the problem is that our first caller this evening, he didn't do that. Okay.
3: That's right. If during those years, uh, Mark had been putting aside over the matched amount into the after-tax portion of his investment portfolios, then he'd be more balanced.
1: But now we come to the other part of the qu- of the equation of what is it invested in? Okay,
3: I guess that the, I guess the importance here is is that since every little bit of this does matter, it really matters where your money is being invested. And and you know, out there as a listener, you know you need a CFP. So give us a call this week. I'm Deborah Lewis. My father Doug Lewis. We are the Lewises of Lewis Financial Management. Choose where that money that's being invested in the retirement plan should be invested. Your employer will have a list of investment choices and we can help you decide which one is best for you. And of course, these need to be the things that are best for you based on your financial goals, your investment time horizons. So make an appointment this week. Call us this week at 919-872-7000 and let, let us help you analyze your retirement plan. Well, Doug, Linda, what else is new in the world of financial planning? I know we've been talking about investments, retirement, the fact that time is on one... You know, I had an interesting meeting this week with a young couple who, and this happens frequently. So this couple, they have friends and parents who have both... Already spoken to them enough times to know that they needed to hire a financial planner, mm-hmm. and so they had called. In, and this one couple I've been working with now for about a year, under a year actually, and they had said, "Look, we want to make all the right decisions from the very first, um, uh, you know, house purchase, child, you know, how are our finances? We want to make sure that the next forty years really count." And of course, that makes me so happy to hear. And as we were analyzing everything and we're going through all of the the choices that they can make in their retirement plans so that they complement what they're setting aside on a monthly basis, a couple thousand dollars a month into their after-tax portfolio. And I'm seeing this this young couple and several times they said, had no one mentioned to them that time was their biggest asset, they would have thought foolishly that they had to wait until they made a lot more money And had a lot more accumulated before Mm -hmm. they could ever a financial planning client. And I said, that's the wisdom. You have something that everybody in their 50s and 60s wishes they had (laughs) another 30 years.
1: Every client of ours, whether they have a $2 million portfolio or a $20 million portfolio, almost every one of them, when we're doing their annual review says, I wish I had started 20 (laughs) years earlier.
2: Or 10 years ago. (laughs) That's right. Recently, I had... One uh, gentleman called and he said, you know, I've been listening to your show for 15 years and I did call you 15 years ago, but now I'm making an appointment. And
1: then I had another That's one great. That called and you said- ask him why it took him 15 well, years? I, just, I, I hope six are listening
3: tonight.
2: Working hard and traveling and doing business, etc. And then I had another one that said they had been listening for 11 years and they finally made an appointment. So it's important to act on- and and you know your procrastinations and seal the deal and set up a time where you can have your own personal financial planning seminar if you will because you're not going to talk about your personal numbers in a public setting so this is a very unique setting where you and your spouse or if it's you and your dad or whatever the situation is in the family, and we get together and we put everything out on the table, we do our part in preparing reports for the meeting, and then all the questions are addressed one by one, and then we have a plan too. In place. That's right. A way to move forward. Well,
1: Doug, what else is new this week? Well, what's new that I, I what what caught my eye was a study that was done by the Journal of Financial Planning on money personalities. You oh, know, yeah. yeah, for those seeking to build wealth, there's certainly no shortage of advice out there. There's personal financial sites that are abounding online and there's so many phony Radio talk show experts, quote, quote, who dispense wisdom with varying degrees of accuracy. But one study found out that your fundamental attitudes about money can be a predictor of your ability to accumulate wealth. Wow. This was the study that was published in the Journal of Financial Planning, and it looked at the correlation between certain behaviors and four so called money scripts, or put it another way, four money personalities. And, spoiler alert, only one of these four money scripts is particularly conducive to getting wealthy.
3: Okay. This is Deborah Lewis of Lewis Financial Management. Call us at 919-872-7000 to speak about your situation and to set up an appointment. 919-872-7000. Now, many certified financial planners say that the good news from this is that like anything, once you recognize that you look at money a certain way, you can take steps to change. Recognizing why you are doing what you are doing is strongly correlated with changing it. Lots of times, once people understand their money personality, how they deal with money, they can actually go in and change their behavior.
1: Yeah. Money beliefs shaped by childhood trauma are, of course, a lot harder to overcome, but we can help you. We can, and we have done it. Nevertheless, parents who are conscious about the way they talk about money to their children, even in tough times, can help teach fundamental lessons about savings.
3: So, Doug, what are the money personalities that they spoke of in this article? You mentioned that there were four.
1: There are four. There are four. What's The, the first one? The first one is money avoidance. Money avoiders believe money is morally corrupting. That rich people are greedy, and therefore they themselves don't try to amass wealth when they get it. The problem is they often are the ones who have a spending problem. <laughs> well, I, I'm not, and I'm not. Well, I, I don't okay. want to make that a joke because I know I sit in my office and I go through their numbers and everything, and I say, "Sure, looks to me like you've got a spending problem." And the honest ones, which is 90% of them, because they're paying for my advice, they say, you're right. Uh, yeah. well, they've just been spending everything they've been making. Yeah. So that's the first one. These are the money avoiders. Okay. The second one are the money worshipers. Okay. Money worshipers believe that money will solve all their problems mm. and that their happiness and their power is tied exclusively to having enough money. Mm. Might be always changing, chasing it then at that point. The third personality is the money status. Now, those who follow the money as status script, they believe that their self-worth is equal only to their money. They tend to believe that it's important to buy new things as a marker of status rather than because they really need them. Well, I'll tell you what. Those also often have spending problems. That's exactly right, Deborah. And the fourth personality is the money vigilance. People who are money vigilant emphasize frugality and saving, and they're also a little bit secretive about how much money they have. So we have these four personalities, money avoidance, money worship, money status, money vigilance.
3: Well, you can probably guess which one tends to produce the most wealth over time. That'd be number four, the money vigilant personality. But these generally have an investment ignorance problem.
1: That's exactly right. You know, right.
3: they that, they don't tend to be um, the most successful. They end up that personality makes them the most, uh, I guess, willing to learn.
1: And they're often the ones who say, uh, "I," they have maybe. Uh, Half million dollars in cash sitting in bank accounts or sitting in money market accounts because they don't have much knowledge of investments. Now, lots of people hold a mix of these beliefs, and they can exhibit combinations of unhealthy behaviors like compulsive gambling or giving too much of your money away to charity. Even hoarding money and being unwilling to spend any of it can be emotionally detrimental. Above all, it's really important to pay attention And I can tell you, we know how to help you. We call it pay yourself first. And pay yourself first is crucial to what we do at Lewis Financial Management. We work with you to see how much you're earning. We analyze your living expenses, your recurring expenses. We get it down in front of you to where you agree and we agree. And then that delta, that difference automatically is placed or you decide you want to place it into a regular investment plan that goes into this particular mutual fund or that particular mutual fund on a regular basis. So it's just like one of your expenses, only you're paying yourself first and that overcomes the money personality. The yeah. personality doesn't get involved. And really the,
3: the the knowing your personality and what you might need to overcome is just to go back to, well, what is going to be the most, uh, e- the most easy way for me to Accumulate enough wealth to support myself and my family for the rest of our lives. If you need help, call me, Deborah Lewis, 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. Well, Doug,
2: Deborah, you know, you were talking about how some people hoard money and some are unwilling to spend. You know, uh, some of our, uh, some of the folks that we have uh been assisting over these decades um they've accumulated and then in retirement some are just they don't want to spend and yeah, they no, need I know, to turn oh, on i the know spigot, who you're thinking right of. yeah they need to 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 spend a recent or give, meeting that we
3: had this week
2: yeah right, or they need to give gifts to the kids or whatever but then there's others that um need to be concerned about um
3: what not to do when, you know, when you're going into retirement. I mean, there's, sometimes you get frozen to do nothing, and then you need to know, well, what shouldn't I do? And there was an interesting article by Christian in, um in uh, Kiplinger, and he said sometimes a to-don't list is more helpful than a to-do list. So why don't we take some of these things that are mistakes that you really need to be avoiding when you're thinking about retirement?
1: Well, retirement presents a unique set of challenges that many of us never even think about even as we plan for it. Preparing for retirement is a different ball game than what we played while working and building up our wealth. This is truer now than ever before as demographics continue to change, and as they do, so do our retirement needs. We're living longer, for example. The risk of outliving our money is very real for many of us. Add in other factors like health care costs, taxes... Inflation, volatility in the markets, and retirement poses quite a few challenges.
2: You know, it's helpful to know what to do to plan for retirement, but it might just be as important to know what to avoid because there are plenty of missteps that you can make. And here are things that you should not do as you look ahead to retirement.
3: Don't forget to do your research on advisors. Finding the right advisor is important as you plan for your retirement. That sounds simple, but there are plenty of challenges as you look for the right advisor, especially as there are many of them out there.
1: Yeah, this is the first don't.
3: Yeah, and there are three different worlds from which financial planning advisors will come from. It's either Wall Street, banking, or insurance. Sometimes advisors have backgrounds in all three worlds, but there are some advisors out there whose expertise is more limited. Examining potential advisors' backgrounds will help you determine who is an expert retirement planner and who is more of a specialist in one area. You need to do the necessary research, which should include getting a copy of their ADV Part 2. You need to find out what licenses that potential advisor has. Doing your homework here will pay off in the long run. And if there's no ADV,
1: don't hire them. That's the first don't. Yeah, don't hire anyone who doesn't send you a form ADV, which says that he or she is regulated directly by the Securities Exchange Commission as a fiduciary.
2: What's the next don't, Linda? The second don't is don't assume that the person who got you to retirement can get you through it. Too often, investors assume that the advisor or the broker that helped them grow and accumulate their money can automatically shift into preserving it and generating income. Other factors including longevity, the increasing possibility that retirees will outlive their money, healthcare costs and concerns, inflation, they only add to the challenges that come with retirement. Many advisors even if they have excelled at helping you build your wealth, simply aren't equipped to handle retirement planning. So many of the strategies that help you to retirement won't help you get through retirement. And it may make sense for you to work with a retirement income specialist instead of just a money manager.
3: If you need help, call me, Deborah Lewis, 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. 919 872 7000. I think that's key is you know I think that's why most people come to see us is they know that money management is a small part of their own world and it's definitely one of the small topics as far as what you need to get advice on.
1: And I guess the third and the most important Yeah, Doug, what's don't. the 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 Yeah, the third don't don't assume you can do it alone. Hmm. Even investors who've done their research and picked the right investments without relying on an advisor find challenges transitioning into retirement. At the end of the day, all of us have emotions that can get in the way of our financial security. Studies have shown that over a 20-year period, do-it-yourself investors only get 50% of what they could from the market. People sell and buy at the wrong time, which is often the result of emotions. When the market drops, we can panic and sell low. We don't get back into the market until it's recovering, and then we buy high. Financial advisors are professionals. They know how the market works. They don't let their emotions dictate how they invest, and this is especially true after retiring.
3: You know, there's another risk in doing it yourself. That's called reverse dollar cost averaging. Of course, It's better known as the sequence of return risk. This can sink your retirement if you're not careful. So looking over these things to avoid, one thing becomes clear. You should work with an experienced advisor who focuses on retirement planning. A good advisor can help you maneuver through the often complicated minefield of retirement planning and remind you of what not to do as you look ahead to the future. This is who we are. This is what we do. As certified financial planners, we can help you create the retirement of your dreams and we can help you do it safely. Call us, Deborah Lewis, Doug Lewis at Lewis Financial Management. Make your appointment this week. Our number at the office is 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000.
1: All right, Doug, let's take another call. Bob, this is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner. How can I help you this evening? I was just going to ask about the disadvantages of rolling
4: a pension plan into an IRA, a corporate
1: pension plan All right. small business. Okay, well, let's take a look at, at, at the facts. First of all, the, when you say your your pension plan, are you leaving your company? No, it's a, it's a privately held company. Privately held company, and you have a pension plan established there? Correct. Does the plan allow you to do a rollover? Yes. It does allow you to do a rollover because some plans do not allow you to take possession of the money until you leave the plan or until you leave the employment. But your plan does allow it. Right. Okay. Well, in my opinion, there are no disadvantages at all. they are only advantages. Give me a little idea about how much you're talking about and I'll show you why. How much do you have in your plan? Oh, almost a million. All right. You've got a million dollars and this is in your own own part of the plan, not the total plan. Correct. All right. Well, if you go ahead and do an IRA rollover, and where is the money invested right now? With a life insurance company. All right. That means that the money manager of this million dollars is the one who's controlling the money and making the decisions, right? Yes. All right. Let's say you do an IRA rollover. And by the way, I would roll it over to an independent trust company that has no products to sell in your case. Now, if you had told me you had $10,000, then I would do something else. But in this case, I would use an independent trust company and I would roll it over. Now that million, and by the way, that's a tax free and also an, a, a cost free move. There's no charge for that. Well, I think some of the independent trust companies will charge you 25 bucks. Okay. Now you then control the selection of the investments. You meet with your certified financial planner. You develop a diversified investment portfolio. And in your case, if I had a million dollars, I'd probably pick twenty different investments at fifty thousand dollars a piece, just to make sure you don't put all your eggs in any one basket. I'd maybe pick twenty different mutual funds, so that I'd have more diversification. Each fifty thousand would be spread over maybe fifty to hundred stocks or bonds, and then I would have my IRA administrator or my new trust at uh, my, uh, my independent trust company. I would have him go ahead or them invest the million dollars in these twenty funds. So. You're basically controlling everything. I, ret- I retain telephone control, so if you didn't like the way one phone one fund performed, you could move from one fund to the other, and so on. Okay. But the key there is you need to take control, and 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 for sure, most insurance companies just do not have very good track records in terms of investing the money. And if they did, I certainly wouldn't want the whole million dollars there.
2: Bob, how old are you? Sixty. And uh, are you going to retire before too long, or? Well,
1: who knows? <laughs> well, I think that I would get control myself, and uh, if you'd like, I, I don't like to give specific advice on the air, but if Linda, if Linda will give you my office number, if you'd like to call the office, I can go ahead and give you a little more specific direction.
2: Yeah, I could uh, send you some information regarding an independent trust company if you might be interested in that, Bob. And the number at the office is eight seven two seven thousand. Thank you so much. All right, and thank you for calling.
1: I think his situation reminds me of what I've discovered through the years that many people confuse the chickens with the chicken house. I've used this illustration many times through the years in teaching clients about investments. We call chickens the investment because a chicken produces eggs and an investment produces sometimes dividends and interest and so on. But then there's this thing called a chicken house. It's a container for chickens. And this container could be a pension, a 401k, an IRA. So the chicken house is not the investment. It just holds the chickens. And that's crucial because you want to have a chicken house which gives you the maximum choice. In other words, which has no restrictions on you. So if you want to have a particular real estate investment trust- Let
3: me finish a couple of your sentences, though. Gives you the most choice on what chickens to put in your chicken house. That's right. Because we've been talking about retirement plans where they, the employer, give you a list of chickens you can invest in.
1: That's right, Deborah. So in in this particular case, this pension, or it would have been the same thing if it was a 401k. They're going to give- him a list of investments he can choose from, a list of chickens. Mm-hmm. But if there's another chicken that he reads about, he maybe, it's, get it. yeah, maybe it's this mutual fund that he read about, or maybe it's this, uh, uh, this, 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 this REIT that he heard about and mm-hmm. so forth. He can't do it if it's not on the list. But if he has an independent custodian- Of his chicken house. Of his, his chicken house. That's exactly right. Then he can design, then what he can do, he and I, or he and you, Deborah, can design the best that's right diversified set of chickens we can
3: go into the world of chickens and pick out exactly what kind of chickens we there need are, in our particular chicken house there, there you
2: are go. a larger number of options that's right. to choose from
3: and and you know you always come back to this point which is what i'm sure every listener who's been listening tonight and through the years knows control is the key here if you can control amount of money you're putting aside during those years into what 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 basket whether it's the chicken house or your personal portfolio It's maintaining control so that you're in charge of your investment future. This is Deborah Lewis. Our number at the office is 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. Let's take another call, Doug.
1: All right, Billy, this is your time. Doug Lewis here. How can I help you? Hi, Doug. Hi.
3: Can you avoid the
4: 10% penalty on IRA if you're not 59 and a half and get early retirement?
1: yes. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Billy, and I'll see if I can walk you through the process and whether it's right for you. How old are you? Fifty-five. All right. You're 55. That's pretty good because if you were 45, it would make a big difference. And uh, let me see. You're taking early retirement. What's your income, Billy? Uh, so well, right now, you're, with early retirement, you're not going to have an income, right? That's right. All right. Are you married or single? single you're single okay so the question is going to be how you're going to survive what do you have in the way of your non-investment assets no problem
2: you have some money accumulated Uh huh.
1: so why do you want to take money out of an IRA and and if if you can live off of the income from your present investments because it's in stock well that's a different question and you can solve that one without doing the other one you're confu- we, yeah, I was yeah, wondering you're, you're, yeah. how
2: much are we talking about? She's confusing two
1: different issues. How much is in the IRA total? Thirty five thousand. Okay. Now what do you have in your personal portfolio? How much is that worth? Three hundred thousand. Okay. All right. So you've got three hundred thousand in your personal portfolio. Now, as far as you're living, you're going to be living off of the income from your investment portfolio, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So from your personal portfolio, you should be able to get somewhere around 20 to 25,000 a year income. So the question then comes if you take early retirement and you've got this uh, money from retirement, you can roll this over to an IRA rollover account or you can sell. Now, you say these stocks, was this a 401k plan? Mm -hmm. Okay. What you want to do, you want to set up an IRA rollover account. Oh, wait
4: a minute. The money we're talking about is at a brokerage firm. It's not with my company. I do have one with
1: my company. All right. So what's how much is the one at your company worth? That's the one you've got to make a decision on. About $40. All right. So here's what you want to do. First of all, you can sell all of the stocks inside the IRA and pay no tax. There's no capital gain tax when you sell them inside that IRA account. Okay. Okay? So you've got your gain. You say you've already made gain. You want to sell it. You can do that. No problem. There's no tax because it's already in an IRA account, right? Uh-huh.
3: All right. This is Deborah Lewis of Lewis Financial Management. Call us at 919-872-7000 to set up an appointment to speak about your situation. 919-872-7000.
1: Number two, the 40000 that's at your 401k plan, you have to go ahead and do something with that. Now, that money can be rolled over to an IRA with no tax. Uh And then once it's over there, then you can invest it the way that you want. So in your case, there's no reason to be asking the question, why take money out without the 10% penalty? I mean, I could show you a way to take it out, yes. But when you take it out, you still pay income tax on it. In other words, when money comes out of an IRA, if you're under 59 and a half, you pay a federal income tax. If you take out $20,000, then you're going to pay tax just like it was earnings of $20,000 20, $20, of income. Then you pay a North Carolina tax, and then you pay a 10% penalty tax on top of those two. Now, there's a way to beat that 10% penalty tax, but the only reason you would take it out at all would be if you needed to live on. And it doesn't sound to me like you needed to live on, do you?
4: No, but I wanted to put it in a CD so it would be safe.
1: Well, there's another way to do that. You could do it in an IRA rollover and put it in a CD. Uh-huh. You've got other choices that where well, you can be safe without having to take it out of the IRA and lose about between a third and a half of it for taxes. Now, there is a way to get away from the 10% penalty tax, but there's no way to get away from the income tax. You probably need to meet with a certified financial planner to go ahead and answer not only this que- these two questions, but also to design the whole thing for you so that you're comfortable and you get what you, you know, that you, you, you're set up the way that, that you understand and that you're comfortable and that works right for you.
2: Right. You want to be in the right vehicles so that everything's growing the way, you know, and in, in, in line with what goals and objectives and needs that you have. So if you if you'd like to call the office, Billy... I'll be happy to send you some information. And that number in Raleigh is 872-7000. That's USA 7000. Okay? Thank you. All right. Take care. Thanks for calling. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. And we're taking your calls at 680-WPTF.
1: The Dr. Thomas Caldwell case. Do you remember that one, Linda? Yes, indeed. Now, of course, we made a fake name there, but we'll call him Dr. Thomas Caldwell. You remember now, he's 50 years old. He's a family practice physician. He's got a successful private practice. His wife is 49 years old. He's got a daughter, Barbara, who's in her last year of med school. And both Dr. and Mrs. Caldwell have been very active in charitable causes in their community for many years.
2: And now that their daughter is nearing graduation, the Caldwells are beginning to seriously plan for retirement. So the Caldwells uh, just made their last mortgage payment, and now they have more spendable income than they've ever enjoyed. And right now, their desire is to increase their savings for retirement and to plan for
1: increased charitable giving. Okay, so let's go to their objectives. Dr. Caldwell's been setting aside money in his qualified retirement plan, but he fears this will not provide adequate retirement income. The Caldwells now feel that they're in a position to put aside an additional 30000 a year to supplement his retirement plan. And at the same time, they want to give something back to their community. Mrs. Caldwell wants to continue to give time and money to inner-city youth programs, and Dr. Caldwell would like to benefit his hospital by making a gift to its foundation.
2: And the Caldwells have been considering purchasing a variable annuity. It would help achieve their retirement income objectives, but would not create a charitable gift. Well, curious to find alternatives, Dr. Caldwell attended a luncheon sponsored by the Hospital Foundation. And the speaker was a professional who introduced Dr. Caldwell to the idea of using a charitable trust to maximize the assets.
1: Right. The famous 664 trust, the NIMCRUT. Intrigued by this concept... Dr. Caldwell made an appointment to discuss the concept with the financial planner and learn how it might be useful to his, plan- to his family's planning. And then at a subsequent meeting, the Caldwells learned how the 664 Trust could be used to achieve their four major objectives, which are, number one, firstly,
2: to create a flexible source of additional retirement income.
1: And number two, to create income tax deductions that preserve additional cash to invest for retirement.
2: Number three, they want to provide at least as much benefit for their daughter as she could expect to receive if they did not establish a CRT.
1: And number four, they want to fund an endowment in excess of $900,000 for selected charities, including Mrs. Caldwell's Youth Programs and the Doctors' Hospital Foundation. So what was the plan, Linda?
2: Basically, what they would like to do is, in each of the next eight years, the Caldwells will contribute $23,000 to a new CRT, plus about $6,700 to a Wealth Replacement Life Insurance Trust for the benefit of their daughter after their death. And so they're going to be contributing the entire 30000 per year to the charitable trust until Dr. Caldwell retires at age 65. These contributions to the life insurance trust will be used to purchase a policy that will pay $750,000 at the death of the surviving Caldwell.
1: Now, each annual contribution to the trust will create an income tax charitable deduction based on the present value of the future gift to the charity. Until the doctor reaches age 65, the money placed in the trust will be invested in assets that should appreciate significantly but produce little or no income. The contributions themselves, according to our little plan, are going to total a little bit under $400,000 in this model.
2: And then at retirement, the charitable trust investment income will be paid to Mr. And uh, Dr. and Mrs. Caldwell for as long as either of them is living. This source of income will supplement their qualified retirement plan and whatever Social Security benefits they'll receive. And it should enable them to maintain their desired standard of living for life.
1: Now, when Dr. and Mrs. Caldwell die, $250,000 is going to be available to fund the gift to the hospital foundation. $660,000 more is going to fund an endowment in the Caldwell's name at their local community foundation. And this latter gift will be used to benefit local area youth, according to the Caldwells' special instructions.
2: And finally, the Caldwells' daughter will receive $750,000 from this Wealth Replacement Life Insurance Trust, both income and estate tax-free.
1: When we laid the two ideas for the Caldwells against each other, one doing it in a straight annuity, and the other doing it in the 664 Charitable Trust. It was very interesting, Linda, because the benefit to the family using the annuity was $2,148,000. The benefit using the trust was $2,180,000. There were no gifts to charity using the annuity. Of course, using the trust, there was almost a million dollar gifts to charity, which was actually controlled and directed by the children of... Of the or the daughter of the Caldwells. And the interesting thing is taxes, Linda. The annuity created $1,800,000 of taxes and the charitable trust only had $600,000 of taxes. It was a, you know, it was a thumbs down decision in favor of the trust. And it's that famous concept of social capital that made it all work.
2: If you would like some more information on this, you can call me at the office 872-7000.
1: Well, that's all the money matters we have time for today. Have a great week, and remember...